Hello and welcome to another edition of Patch Notes, Radio Free South Bronx's gaming industry news show. I'm your host, Adam Caster, and we have an exciting show, as always, and let's start with the new releases that you can pick up this week. On July 24th, we have a new game sandwiched in between a remake and a port. First up is a release that I've been anticipating since it was announced, the Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2. The first Legacy Collection is Mega Man X through Mega Man X4, and the second Legacy Collection has Mega Man X5 through Mega Man X8. And separately, each game is $20, but there is a bundle pack with both of them for $40. And that's great for people that really are only interested in either the first four games or the last four games in the series. And for me personally, I'll probably only get the first one because I enjoy the first four Mega Man X games a lot more than the later ones. For both collections, there are also additional modes like a revamped sort of boss rush called the X Challenge and one of the most extensive galleries of content in any sort of legacy collection that has been released in the past couple of years, maybe short of rare replay. And in this gallery, you have things like art books, You can listen to the soundtrack of every single game. Uh, You also have a catalog of different like figurines that were released for all of the uh, Mega Man X games that are on that disc. And you also have just other sort of promotional materials like concept art and posters that can be viewed in game. The next game that came out on July 24th is No Man's Sky, which was very, very controversial when it came out on PS4 a couple years ago because its developer Hello Games straight up lied about some features that were supposed to be in the game at launch. The features just weren't there. Things like multiplayer and an actual story. The game at launch was very bare for a space sim and the game just was not that fun to play because there wasn't that much to do in it. I mean, you can name planets and visit planets, but there wasn't really a goal that you were working towards. But when the game came out on Xbox One this week, it came out with all of the patches that were released for it so far on PS4, which according to Hello Games, is what they envisioned the game to be when they released it in 2018. Basically the game that they wanted to release in 2016, but now that it's coming out two years later, it's a fuller package, a better package than what people two years ago were expecting when the game came out in 2016. And the last thing on July 24th, there's a sequel to a game that I previously talked about on this show, The Banner Saga 3. A couple episodes ago, I talked about The Banner Saga 2, and I talked about it being a tactical RPG, similar to a Fire Emblem. And basically, The Banner Saga 3, it's more of that, and it builds upon the story and the universe that was established with the two previous Banner Saga games. And I feel like that's what you're getting into the game for. And that's what the developers think that you're getting into the game for. That was one of the main reasons why uh, the developers wanted to make a third Banner Saga game. Because they saw the, the overarching story in the universe. And they said, well, you know, there's a lot more opportunity for storytelling. There's so many branches that we can branch off into (laughs) and there's a lot more that we can talk about and that's why they thought a sequel was necessary a sequel to a sequel is necessary mobile suit gundam battle operation 2 came out on july 26 which is a mech combat game which is to be expected of literally anything with the the name gundam gundam is basically synonymous with giant robot it's kind of like people call uh printer xerox machines 
or how vacuums are called hoovers, stuff like that. That's what the game's all about, is giant robots. And check it out if you want more giant robots in your life and you want them to fight each other. Because, I mean, looking at giant robots fighting each other is just great. It's great. I mean, that's why I was really into Transformers when I was little is because you have giant robots fighting each other. And that's why I bought all the toys when I was uh, younger. And so Mobile Suit Gundam is definitely going to be more like that and true to the source material of giant robots being piloted by anime people fighting each other. On July 27th, two very, very different games came out. Basically, they're on like opposite ends of the spectrum when you're talking about game genres and game premises. So first we have Go Vacation which is a sports-themed minigame collection. Think Wii Sports, but on a bigger scale. And coincidentally, this game did initially release on the Nintendo Wii. So this game is a HD facelift of Go Vacation, and it's coming out on the Nintendo Switch. And secondly, we have Hello Neighbor, which sounds like a very happy title, but it really isn't, because it's a survival horror game where the player is tasked with figuring out mysterious things that are happening in their neighbor's basement. Their neighbor seems very nice, but it seems like he's hiding things in his basement. And the whole point of the game is to figure out what's going on in his basement without him catching you. So it is a survival horror game with the stealth elements that are found in sort of the newer survival horror games where you're just trying to not get caught by the main villain of the game. Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. So on to the news and notes exciting stuff. And the main thing I want to talk about is San Diego Comic-Con. And San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con happened just this past weekend. I know it's Comic-Con, and there were a lot more comic-related uh, movies and TV shows, like uh, trailers for the Flash and Arrow TV shows, the Shazam movie, uh, stuff that Marvel's doing with the Uncanny X-Men. But there was some video game content there. Like, for example, Kingdom Hearts 3 released a trailer, a new trailer, in celebration of Mickey Mouse's 90th anniversary. Honestly, I thought Mickey Mouse was older than 90. But, I mean, this is great. This is amazing. Well, I mean, there's more support for Kingdom Hearts 3, and there's more of a likelihood that this game is not is going to be coming out of development hell because we're getting a new trailer for it. And that is just so exciting for fans of Kingdom Hearts. And also, speaking of Marvel, and speaking of Disney, honestly, because Disney owns Marvel, uh, Marvel Games announces a VR game for Oculus Rift, which is a co-op beat-em-up, which has your Avengers sort of characters, that uh, universe, and you also have the X-Men. And my question when hearing about this game is, what are they going to do? How are they going to do co-op with virtual reality? I don't know how they're going to make that work. I mean, I'm sure other games have made it work, but it honestly, if they do make it work, I think it's going to be really cool. Because you could just look over and see your friend, and your friend can see you, and it's like, and it's just so immersive when, especially when you're playing a beat-em-up game in a first-person perspective. So it looks promising. It looks very promising. And I am excited for it. It might not make me get an Oculus Rift, but just to see how 
the game works, how the gameplay works, how co-op works is promising in and of itself. Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. Moving on to anti-consumer reports, uh, Switch Online pre-orders are live. Pre-orders for an online service. What? Why? Why are you pre-ordering an online service? They're not going to run out. I mean, this is just pre-order culture to the nth degree where you're pre-ordering services that they're literally not going... They're unable to run out of there's no cap of players playing on switch online what's the point what's the point of pre-ordering the game or what's it's not even a game what's the point of pre-ordering an online service before it comes out are you are people just that impatient that they're like well pre-ordering switch online i mean if they're gonna get something out of it maybe maybe like a free game if they pre-order it but still, why? Why would you do that? Why would you reinforce the awful pre-order culture that has been infecting the gaming industry where people are pre-ordering online services that, frankly, should have been included with the system? Mainly, we are talking about cloud saves because that is the one thing that the Nintendo Switch was missing. The fact that Nintendo is doing this, the fact that I know that people are going to be pre-ordering an online service. That there is a infinite amount of monthly, yearly subscriptions or monthly subscriptions to Switch Online. It's not a game. There's no, there's no physical release of it. It's a service. It's like, it's just ridiculous. And that has been this segment of Anti-Consumer Reports, where when you thought that pre-order culture wasn't bad enough, Nintendo said, hold my beer. Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. On to some happier news today. Well, at least a happier segment after Anti-Consumer Reports. I mean, that's kind of the reason why I choose this segment to follow Anti-Consumer Reports is because it's more of a palate cleanser where I can talk about things that I actually like. And it is, what am I playing right now? And the game that I've been playing this week and right now is a Japanese-made Shinto mythology-centric game called Asura's Wrath. Asura's Wrath is essentially like playing an anime similar to DBZ. Basically, a shonen is the genre that we're talking about here. But the art style is more akin to portraying major characters as human but with mechanical looking skin textures so it's not like an anime the art style isn't like the ones that you would traditionally find in an anime it's very much in the realm of 3d models with a very unique art style that i really have not seen anywhere else and the plot of the story is simple in premise but the lore of the story is much much deeper so there are eight guardian generals who are demigods that protect the game's version of Earth, known as Gaia, from evil, quote-unquote, impure monsters known as the Goma. By using Mantra, which is initially gained by prayer from humans, but later in the game, 
the generals tricked the humans into sacrificing themselves to them to give them more mantra. The generals are demigods and each embody a specific characteristic, which sort of makes them all one-note characters. And Asura's emotion is wrath. And as a result, when he gets more angry, he gains power in vast amounts. Yeah, this doesn't really sound like anyone I've ever heard of in shonen anime. But don't worry, he's nothing like Goku because he's not a complete idiot and he's not overly cocky to the point that he limits himself in battles to the death. Anyway, the leader of the Guardian Generals, Deus, wants to remake the world in his image and because both the Emperor and Osura don't want this to happen, they think that it's a bad idea, Deus kills the Emperor and frames Osura for the murder. And as a result, Osura's wife Durga is killed and his daughter Mithra is kidnapped because she can control Mantra and she is the one that gives power to the demigods in battle. After that, Osura goes after his daughter, fights Deus, loses, is humiliated, killed, and sent to Naraka, which is essentially hell. And while he is in hell, a golden spider comes down to him and tells him to climb up this giant pole that is in hell back to the surface world and take revenge. And so Osura does just that. From this point on, the game becomes a game of finding each of your former colleagues, which now go by the seven deities, and killing every single one of them except for your brother-in-law, Yasha, who is one of the seven deities, but he's basically like your friendly rival character. And this leads up to a climactic battle with you and Yasha taking on Deus, and you, did, you do win that final battle, but there is a true ending to the game, which I will not spoil here because I want you to play the game. So like I said, pretty deep lore, but it is a typical revenge plot. Regardless of the plot, I am a big fan of the presentation. It's presented like an anime, like I said. Levels are called, an episode, are called episodes. And each episode has a recap at the beginning of each one. And there are mid-episode bumpers. And there also is like a tease at the end of each episode that kind of shows you what, what will happen in the next one. And the bumpers are customizable because you can unlock concept art in the gallery. And you can make it and make the bumpers show basically whatever you want from that selection of concept art. And that's a great touch. And the voice acting is pretty great too. Liam O'Brien as Osura is really, really just amazing. And sometimes Osura sounds like he's yelling, but in a softer tone whenever he talks to like uh, Durga and Mithra. The voice acting does convey him as more of a family man that turns into a revenge crazed lunatic. After Durga is killed and Mithra is kidnapped, Osura gets convincingly more and more angry and Liam O'Brien really sells it with his voice acting. And so the gameplay of Osura's Wrath is consisting of three main gameplay styles. So the cutscenes have quick time events that give you higher, a higher score at the end of the episode if you complete them with precise timing. Basically, it's more like Osura punches something, so hit the Y button in time so, if, so you feel like you punch something. It makes more sense in the context of the game. The way I explained it doesn't really sound that great, but it is a way to keep you engaged in the story where you're not just watching cutscenes, you're more involved than you think in cutscenes. And there are also sections that are fights against either the Goma or the soldiers of the deities that you're fighting. And these sections are more like a traditional beat-em-up game where you have your punches, uh, you have like a super attack, and you also have a projectile. And the object of these sections is to fill up your burst gauge, which is a red gauge below your health gauge, where once you fill it up, you can trigger a cutscene and basically beat the shit out of whatever enemy stands in your way. And there are also segments of the game, and this is where the presentation truly shines, where you have so many things on screen 
at once. I mean, it's really pushing the hardware to its limits. Where you're descending into the fleet of your enemy and you have to shoot your projectiles and destroy their forces where you have like lock-on mechanics and you can fire rockets from your arms it's pretty it's really cool i mean the amount of ships that they get on screen is just mind-boggling you have this entire space fleet it is very impressive so the main objective in action stages is to raise your burst gauge by just punching things that's the main way to do it and you also gain burst by just doing damage to enemies and spaceships and so the interest and that's the interesting premise of the game so bosses that you fight the deities they don't have health bars or anything you just fight them until they either kill you where you have to do the fight over again or you can fill up your burst gauge and trigger a quick time event lading cutscene so it's interesting uh one other amazing thing about this game is that there are two dlc episodes for two dollars each and in those episodes you can fight ryu evil ryu akuma and oni from the street fighter series and some of those fights are actually in the style of street fighter 4 this is the main reason why i got into this game actually is the street fighter dlc and i mean this game was developed by capcom so it makes sense that capcom would have a bit of a crossover in there and the funny thing is is the dlc actually ties this game to street fighter cross tekken of all things because ryu's arcade mode ending in that game shows him falling into a portal and at the beginning of the street fighter dlc for asura's wrath ryu falls out of the same port it shows ryu going into the same portal and falling out into asura's world into gaia but i mean akuma is just like there so I don't really know. Maybe it's one of those things where it's a shared universe. And on the subject of DLC, there was a bit of controversy with this game in regards to its true ending. That wasn't going to spoil for you. I'm still not going to spoil it for you because I want you to play the game. But uh, there was an extra chapter which was released as DLC chapters for $7, which contained the true ending to the game. And that is definitely problematic. But the thing that separates this game from being in my anti-consumer report segment is that not only is it very fun and I do like it, but it also has a ton of free unlockables like different gauges that have different effects on gameplay, as well as the aforementioned concept art that you can use as your custom bumpers. And if that still kind of miffs you that you have to spend seven extra dollars to get the true ending of the game, you can, as of this recording, until July 30th, 2018, you can get the game, the two Street Fighter DLC episodes, and the true ending DLC for $16 total as a, as a part of the Xbox 360 game sale, ultimate game sale. For some reason, it's not available digitally on the PS3, so I guess you'd only have to find a physical copy there. But if you wanted to get this stuff digitally and you wanted to spend under $20 and get in what is, in my opinion, the complete experience of the game, this is the best way to do it, is to get it as a part of the uh, ultimate game sale on the Xbox 360. Asura's Wrath is definitely one of my favorite games of all time, mainly because it's really fun to play and the story is just engaging enough to make me care about the characters. And my adrenaline is heightened whenever the game breaks to show me one of its concept art bumpers because, I mean, it looks so goddamn cool and it just gets me really hyped to go into the next fight. And along with the presentation of the game as a whole and the replay value that I get from playing with all the gauges and the different difficulty selections, it is definitely worth it. And plus, I fucking love the Street Fighter DLC 
I'm pretty shameless. I really do love the Street Fighter DLC, and it is very, very hype with all of the transformations that happen during that. And I really hope this game gets a sequel someday, or at the very least, made backwards compatible so I can enjoy it on my Xbox One. So that'll do it for this episode of Patch Notes. Check us out on our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. We are also on iTunes. We are now on Spotify, which is great. We are on Twitter at Radio Free SBX. We have a Facebook page, which is Radio Free South Bronx. And we have an Instagram, which is also Radio Free South Bronx. So for everyone at Radio Free South Bronx, I have been Adam Castor, and have a great rest of your day.